If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking to Dr. Andy Malinsky about his latest book, Reach, a new strategy to help you step outside your comfort zone, rise to the challenge, and build confidence. Before we talk with Andy, we want to highlight a resource that is related to the interview. Specifically, we want to point you to a Harvard Business Review article by Andy titled, If You're Not Outside Your Comfort Zone, You Won't Learn Anything certainly a view that we agree with. Now, this is a freely accessible resource, and it'll give you a good taste of the topics that Andy goes into in much greater depth in his book, which, of course, we also recommend you check out. To get the link, you just have to visit the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 108. So, Salisa, I know Andy is a real expert at helping people get outside of their comfort zones. What, what did you cover with him? Well, we talked about a lot of the concepts that are covered in his book, Reach, as you mentioned, and in particular, we put a learning spin on it. Uh, Andy is a professor at Brandeis University, so he's living that role of of a teacher, but he also um, is out there doing sort of entrepreneurial work on his own, and he's actually building an online course that's going to help people reach outside of their comfort zone. So he's really deeply immersed in the learning world, and we talk about what it means once you understand comfort zones and how you can help people reach outside, then what would be the implication for a learner? So the learner who doesn't want to speak up in class, but that's part of the participation grade, or learners who um, maybe feel like they aren't good in particular subjects, whether that's math or poetry or whatever. But then also, too, the perspective of the provider of learning. So once you understand how you can help people reach outside their comfort zone, what does that mean for the learning experience? How can you help to craft that learning experience? Because in large part, as we all know, that there's the information um, relay that has to happen as part of learning, but really it's the putting things into action. So it's that knowing, doing gap, and a lot of what he's talking about and reach are practical tools for how to get people over that knowing, doing gap. Well, this obviously is incredibly important. If you want to be an effective lifelong learner yourself, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone, take a few risks. But then, as you pointed out, for organizations that are in this business, you've got to help people do that if you really want what you're offering to be effective for them ultimately. So I'm really looking forward to this interview. Let's go ahead and roll your conversation with Dr. Andy Malinsky. Hello out there. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Andy Malinsky. Andy is a professor currently of psychology and organizational behavior at Brandeis University's International Business School. He's an author, uh, appearing regularly in the Harvard Business Review and having appeared in the New York Times, The Economist, Fast Company, and others, and on NPR. Um, And Harvard Business Review Press published Global Dexterity in 2013, and his latest book, Reach, was released in January of 2017. Andy is also a speaker and consultant, particularly in the areas of helping people act outside their personal and cultural comfort zones. Andy, thanks so much for making time for the Leading Learning Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Well, so since my overview of your work and career was was pretty brief, I want to give you a chance here at the beginning to say a little bit more about yourself and, and your background and your interests. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess I kind of wear two hats. Um, you know, my day job is is I'm a professor in in the uh, Brandeis International Business School at Brandeis University, um, and also in the psychology department. And my background there is uh, from organizational behavior and psychology. Um, I teach. I you know uh, just a regular professor life. I uh, do research. And then, and then the other hat though that I have is that over the past I would say maybe five to ten years I've really started to expand beyond just the university in terms of trying to reach people. So I, I write, as, as you mentioned, um, a regular column at Inc.com. I do, I, I write very regularly at Harvard Business Review, and I've written these two sort of popular um, business-oriented books, Global Dexterity, about acting outside your cultural comfort zone, which came out in 2013, and then Reach, which came out in 2017, about acting outside your comfort zone in general. And, I, and I've started to do um, and have a really fun time doing um, you know workshops and speaking and so on uh, in companies, so so that that's kind of like the second hat. Um, but but yeah, that that's a, a quick overview. Well, great, and I'm I'm particularly interested in talking with you about your latest book about reach. Um, and so before we dive into some of the specifics and the the concepts that you cover in that book, would you give us a little background on on what led you to write this book? Why why write it now? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, so so yeah, so the reach is about acting outside your comfort zone. You know why it's hard how we avoid doing it and of course how we can be more successful at it and you know i think I, I, there were really uh, a couple of reasons i think that got me to write this book i think the first was that my book um global dexterity um which as i said came out about four or five years ago that was about acting outside your cultural comfort zone but i started to so so you know i've lived abroad a couple of times i've worked with people from uh different cultures trying to master american business culture and also americans going abroad and and i and i and have helped them not only learn the cultural rules, but also how to kind of step outside their comfort zone and understand the psychological challenges of acting kind of against the grain of your of your cultural background and your personality. And I started to get feedback though from that book, you know, positive feedback from people who 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 said, you know, this is a cool book. You know, my challenges have nothing to do with crossing national cultures, but I found it really useful. You know, like for instance, it may be an engineer who had to go into sales or something like that. And I started to get these, um, this, this, this inkling that this, that the idea of just simply acting outside your comfort zone period was, would be a really interesting book and a very useful book. Um, I don't know why it never struck me, but, but, that it, it it actually has been a theme of a lot of the academic research uh, that I that I had done and, and and continue to do as well, trying to understand challenges people have in stepping outside their comfort zones. Um, I had been studying with a colleague for years, um, uh, managers uh, uh, laying people off and delivering bad news, uh, police officers evicting people from their homes, um, uh, doctors performing actually pediatric physicians performing painful procedures on kids and having to deliver bad news to parents and in all these situations is of course there was a there was a professional reason for doing it but it was outside people's comfort zones and so i, I kind of i think both of those pieces uh fell together for me and and then of course i thought about my own experience and you know you're often drawn to at least in academics or i think artists too probably are drawn to to immerse themselves in things that they themselves you know, struggle with, uh, or, or find, you know, poignant in their own lives. And, you know, I, I've always struggled outside my comfort zone, um, in, in various situations, whether it's small talk or networking or public speaking, big one. Um, so, so I think all these things came together and it really inspired me. And, and, and that's, that's, that's kind of how I came to the book. 
Well, that's great. Uh, and I love uh, some of the different threads that you pulled on there in terms of, you know, this idea that you, you were writing something in global dexterity that people were seeing this other application to. Um, and so, you know, having that sort of shown to you, but then also then seeing um, your own uh, needs in terms of acting outside your comfort zone. And that's one thing I really admire about Reach is that you do use yourself as an example, you know, quite a bit that this is not just, you know, kind of purely dry academic research, but that's something that you very feel viscerally yourself as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's important, you know, if you want to write something or do anything for, for others that you can show that you kind of get where they're coming from. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that you write in Reach is that you say to succeed in today's professional environment, we need to reinvent ourselves often on the fly. So do you think that there's something about the world and work today that's made reaching outside our comfort zones more important than ever before? I think so. And I, I think there's, there is a timeless aspect to it as well. You know, I think the timeless aspect is that in our own lives, we're, you know, we often encounter like these sort of critical touch points, whether it's, you know, leaving college for the, actually starts before then, but we can, you know, start at leaving college for the professional world and kind of, you know, trying to jump into that world. That, that's a massive change where you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone or, or, or moving from being a, um, individual contributor in a company to, to becoming a manager. And all of a sudden your, your role and your responsibilities and the, all the activities that you need to do have completely changed. And then, then maybe being a tapped is a high, high potential, or, or maybe you aspire to be a high potential, but then the, what it takes to then kind of grow into that and and become a leader and so on that requires acting outside your comfort zone in, in, in so many ways. Um, so, so I think that's a, there's a timeless aspect to it, but, but, but now today there, you know, and, and, and I guess part of this is timeless too, but you know, there's, you know, people, you know, industries are changing and have been in the past too. Uh, people, um, are, are, are experiencing a lot of pressure, uh, on their jobs and, 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 and need to sort of expand, uh, their, their skills, uh, become more entrepreneurial, even within a company and to be able to sort of, um, to, 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 to sort of, develop a fuller skill set, be able to work across, across boundaries, across borders, um, you know, and really develop skills in, in multiple platforms. And I think that, um, that, you know, we, you can't kind of can't be a one trick pony anymore to, to, to succeed. And I don't think companies want people to be that either. And, and I think for all those reasons, it requires you to act outside your comfort zone. It's not, it's not simply learning skills that, 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 that matters. It's sort of grappling inside with the psychological experience of, of, of feeling incompetent, of worrying that you might be an Im- imposter, that a feeling inauthentic and so on and so forth. And so, th- so I think these are critical skills, you know, in a, in a timeless way, but also, but, a, but, but also, but also now. That's great. Yeah. I, I think you're right to say that, um, it's timeless, but maybe, um, some of the current, uh, world forces are, are also um, making it even uh, more important for us to, to reach outside our comfort zone or, or we come up, we bump up against our boundaries maybe more often in this sort of increasingly global world. Um, so since this is the Leading Learning Podcast and you started to talk about it, uh, you know, a little bit there with your last response, but I'd like to talk some about how comfort zones and reaching outside them relate to learning. Um, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, first, 
maybe let's take the perspective of the learner. And so maybe tell us a little bit about what you see as the relationship between comfort zones and learning from that learner's perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, first of all, when we talk about comfort zones, um, I, I always like to sort of distinguish, uh, among various zones that we have, you could say metaphorically, there's that we, we've got a, a sort of a stretch zone or a learning zone, like something that's, that's not, that, that is outside our comfort zone that does, um, sort of stretch and challenge our skills, maybe makes us feel a bit anxious, uh, for a variety of reasons, but doesn't sort of reach the level of, of what I'd call the, the pure panic zone, (laughs) you know, that, 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 that is, that, that, that is, that, um, that would really, um, make it difficult uh, when trying to make one of these transitions if you sort of catapulted from the comfort zone to the panic zone you know that that that's that's the real uh really difficult um jump and and in fact i don't suggest people do that um and so you know from the learner's perspective i think it's critical to um to 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 um to choose situations um, that, that are in your, in your stretch zone, um, to, in, in, you know, we could talk about the different sort of insights and frameworks that I talk about in the book in terms of it's a real process. Um, but you know, it's sort of like the idea of, um, you know, if you want to go, uh, I think they call it couch to 10 K or couch to 5 K, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't, you don't jump off the couch and go run a 5 K or a 10 K, or at least it's probably a bad idea. (laughs) Most of us would break down. I think the same thing is, is true when you're learning. Uh, a task that's outside your comfort zone. You probably want to choose some stretch goals. Uh, put it in your in your in your stretch zone. Find, find find versions of whatever you're trying to improve at that are in the stretch zone as opposed to the panic zone. Come up with a plan. Um, and this is exactly what I do. I'm, I'm, I've created some online. Tra- Training to actually help people do this. I did do workshops and so on. And I mean, we could talk about the various pieces, but I think it's a real process, um, you know, from the learner's perspective. Yeah. And I know that some of the examples you give in REACH are, are you know, talking about just uh, the in the learning experience, sometimes there are, are ways that people have to reach outside their their comfort zone, like even just speaking up in class could be, you know, difficult for, for some learners um, or for others, you know, they may kind of shy away from certain subjects thinking, oh, I'm not good at math or, oh, I'm not good at poetry or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so I think what you're saying about, uh, you know, making sure that there's the, an appropriateness to how you challenge yourself so that you don't go from couch to marathon or, you know, whatever (laughs) it is that, that you're, you're, you're scaffolding it. And I know you talk some about scaffolding in there. And so that makes a a lot of sense um, about the appropriateness of, of the challenge that you're giving yourself. I mean, I'll just add one thing. You do want to set yourself up for success. You want to kind of stack the deck in your favor. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? That that said, you also want to balance between, you know, actually giving yourself a stretch. And you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to kind of, I don't think you want to, if you do want to grow and learn, you don't want to rationalize and avoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, so, so there is that balance. So, you know, you don't want to rationalize and avoid yourself out of the task. But at the same time, you do, I think, want to stack the deck in your favor and we could talk about it, but trying to find sort of, sort of set the conditions up that will increase the likelihood of your sort of success when you step outside your comfort zone and go into your stretch zone. Because what then happens from a sort of psychological learning perspective is that you will probably have some success 
you, you might even surprise yourself and say, gosh, you know, this wasn't as hard as I thought it was, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually better at this than I thought I was, which will then create probably a more virtuous cycle of trying it again. And then maybe even feeling a bit more comfortable and then maybe even stretching a little bit more. And that's the whole key from a learning perspective to try to sort of shift yourself to a sort of virtuous cycle of trying and experiencing and learning and so on, as opposed to the avoidance cycle, which I think a lot of us fall into where very little learning occurs. Mm -hmm. And and I think, too, one of the great things you point out in, in REACH is that there's the sort of head on avoidance, but there are other ways that we avoid, too, yeah. right? <laughs> and delegation, I think, is one of them, um, um, where maybe you sort of say, this is uncomfortable for me, but I can get someone else to do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or, or you could like uh, another one that that's really, I think, which is an interesting one is, is I, I call it, I, I forget exactly what I call it in the book, but I, I often refer to it as like substitution. So, but inappropriate su- substitution. Mm. So let's say you're a small business owner. Um, I mean, this could really apply to anyone in any company or any context, but you're a small business owner. You, you, you know, you need to go to networking events because that's, that's how you're going to meet your customers and build a, a sense of trust with them, camaraderie and rapport and so on. But, but you're, you're quite awkward in these situations. And, and it's just really hard for you to do it. And so you say to yourself, you know what, I'm just going to send out an email blast or, or, you know what, I'll just pay, I'll just post on Facebook that, 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 that'll do it. Mm. Right. And that's, that's a substitution. It's, it's not a bad thing, of course, like email blasts, you know, I mean, assuming it's like an appropriate email blast and, and, and Facebook, they're not bad. They're just not a substitute for the thing you're really afraid of. Mm. So I, and I think we often do that too. Yeah, good point. So if we switch our lens a little bit now, we were sort of talking about the learner perspective. If we think now about providers of learning, and I'm thinking, you know, providers in terms of, you know, a hands-on role, like a teacher, like you in the classroom, and I'm also thinking of those who who manage an education portfolio at their organizations, like many of our listeners. Um, So if we think about providers of learning, you know, what should knowledge of comfort zones mean? How might a better understanding of the challenges of stretching outside our comfort zones and the resources that we have for helping people reach outside their comfort zones, how might that impact how we structure learning experiences? Well, this, this I am quite passionate about. I really feel that, that a lot of the learning that's done in organizations, at least the, the part that I, that I've seen, um, is a little bit sort of like a uh, kind of quick and dirty check off the box. So like, you know, you, you know, you need to, I don't know, learn how to, you know, you know, you want to provide your employees with this kind of training. Like for instance, you want them to be better at networking, public speaking, uh, participating in meetings, communication skills, whatever it might be. And so you, you sign up for maybe an online uh, provider that will give some, you know, quick videos and so on about how to's or so, something like that, sort of like a, a resource. And, and then you can kind of, you know, check the box. Okay. Yep. 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 We've provided that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a, I think that's that's fine. If it's it's fine, but you have to be honest with yourself about what your goal is and what you're actually achieving with that. If the goal is is awareness, like like to be to help someone become aware of of, of some of the challenges and some 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 tools maybe, um, that that's fine. But if you if your goal is is actually um, uh, 
behavior change <laughs> and helping someone actually develop the deeper skills, that's not not fine. It's it's you know you're you're basically choosing A and hoping that it's going to achieve B, but mm. it's not going to achieve B. And so that's exactly why I, I actually have created, and I'm about 90% done launching in January or February with um, my own online training to help people uh, do this, to basically apply the ideas from reach to help individuals um, learn to step outside their comfort zone in very specific situations that are meaningful to them. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's a whole process. It's not a quick hit. It's not a single video. It's a series of videos. It's a program. It's a programmatic, um, you know, process. And it's sort of like the idea, I think the learning philosophy to me, it's inspired by, I love languages. It's inspired by the idea of languages. And, you know, you, 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 you learn, you know, a, a certain language and there's a process to it and you learn it and you immerse yourself and, and, and you make mistakes and you then learn what you don't know and so on and so forth. And as you go through that process, you're not only learning a language, you're also learning how to learn a language. Mm. And it's the same exact thing here uh, with my program that, that that I've created. You're learning how to step outside your comfort zone in a specific situation at first, the one that you choose. But through the process, you, you, you end up learning a whole set of tools and a meta-level knowledge of how to then apply that to other situations in your life. And so I really believe that that's that, – that's, that's, um, that, that, that a lot of organizations don't quite hit the mark with this. And it's a, it's a question of uh, probably resources, probably time and probably commitment. You know what I mean? Uh, but, 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 the, but I do, I, I know I'm a bit on my soapbox here, but I really, really have a strong, a strong opinion about this one. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you're developing a resource and an online training that, that can help, um, with helping others reach outside their comfort zones. I mean, do you think it's something that gets kind of baked into every learning experience ideally, or is it something that's sort of taught separately and then you hopefully get people to the point where then they begin to sort of, um, you know, apply these ideas of, of um, reaching outside their comfort zone in various uh, situations? Does you- I, Yeah, I know. I, get I think I get what you're saying. I don't think it can be baked in. I, I, I think you can. I mean, I think, I think, Yes, if you're training anyone or teaching anyone to do anything, there's sort of like a, a more thorough and a less thorough, and a more thoughtful and a less thoughtful, and a more immersive and a less immersive, et cetera, versions mm-hmm. of ways to do it. But what I've tried to do is I've tried to create a whole system that's based on, on my book reach and my research and so on. Uh, of course, it's like super user friendly. It's not like like incredibly complex or anything, but it's, it's a, a whole system that, that people can use and learn, uh, apply it to a situation that matters to them. And then at, when they come out of it, they really, um, feel more, more confident, confident, more insightful about, 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 um, the challenges that they have. And also, uh, feeling that there's a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of how to overcome these challenges and how to actually find their own way of doing it. And that's key to what I do also. It's that there's no one size fits all version of, of doing anything. The, the key is to sort of customize an approach that, that fits you. Um, and so I, 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 um, I've been doing this for a long time and, and I, and I, I think that, you know, I, I do feel it's it's a separate skill uh, to to learn how to step outside your comfort zone that 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 you can provide people. Well, so I, I think we've begun to talk about it a little bit, but one of the things uh, you know I hear uh, a lot about is this you know the knowing versus doing gap, and so you know we sure. know we need to be less sedentary and get more exercise, but we don't, or we know that 
networking can help our career. You were using that example, but we don't get out there and do it. Um, do you think that the comfort zones um, explains or helps to explain some of the knowing doing gap and, and that the kind of work and research you're doing might be a key to, to helping make sure that more knowledge becomes behavior change? Absolutely. I, I use the idea of knowing doing gap a lot in, in my work. Um, you know, in the, the <clears throat> I think that there's, there's, there are three sort of essential tools that I've found in my research uh, that, that help people kind of bridge the knowing do gap and we can get into these if you'd like. Um, but, but that's absolutely the way that I think about it uh, because it's, it's one thing in theory to, to, to know um, what, what you'd aspire to be able to do and actually put it into practice. And that, by the way, I think is why a lot of those sort of it little short video trainings that a lot of companies do on, on mass or on scale to try to provide people with, you know, uh, learn and education. They, they don't quite bridge the knowing doing gap. They get the knowing part a little bit, but they mm-hmm. don't get the doing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, yeah, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more. You say you have some, some kind of tools. This is something that you dig into. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what you're seeing or how you're approaching this knowing doing gap. Yeah, sure. Yes, so 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 I should I should just just briefly just to give listeners a sense of, of the the research in this. Um, I, I studied um, you know regular employees and variety of different kind of companies, uh, managers, uh, executives, but I also ex- expanded beyond that: entrepreneurs, small business owners, doctors, police officers, therapists, uh, actors, students. Uh, priests, rabbis, all sorts of, even a goat farmer, mm. all sorts of people in all sorts of situations too, in terms of something outside your comfort zone. Because I wanted to sample broadly to try to come up with some, to distinguish um, people in all these contexts for, uh, who are who are able uh, to successfully step outside the, their, their comfort zones from others who weren't. You know, what it boiled down to um, and, and what I kind of bake into my, my work and my training are three three key tools. Um, of course, first, before we find the tools, there's a self-awareness piece, which we which which we could get into. But in terms of the tools, in other words, to understand what your pain points are, what's holding you back. But but in terms of the tools, um, uh, connection is, is, is the first one, um, which is just having that deep sense of purpose to doing doing if you need to have that sort of fuel that motivation you know the 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 sense that are in the deep way for me and sometimes that's i'm sorry that's professional uh, uh connection like you know of 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 always want to start my own business I, I really really want to become a manager i really want to you know, I don't know whatever it is make make a make a meaningful impact on on my customers um, on, on the people that I serve whatever it might be that there's, there's often a professional source of, of conviction but sometimes it's personal you know sometimes it's very personal so I can tell you for me oftentimes in my own life um, my, my source of conviction comes from being in my role as a dad I have, I have two kids who are 11 and 13 and I'm often trying to I guess coax them outside their comfort zones in an age age appropriate way, you know. And 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 but then I look at myself, and and when I'm pre- presented with opportunities to grow and learn and stretch and so on, you know, am I sort of falling prey to the very things I write about? Am I avoiding? Am I you know not doing it? Because to that case, that's that's not the kind of dad I want to be. You know what I mean? The the kind of role model I want to be. So that's that's more of like a personal source of conviction, but. 
wherever it comes from for anyone, whether it's personal or professional or combination, you know, find it, embrace it. That is a real strong resource at your disposal. So that's that's the first um, key tool you call it, conviction. Um, the second one was customization that I found. Um, and this was really su- sort of surprising and exciting. And I-, I just kept hearing this time and time again with people that I was, uh, interviewing and also working with. I work with people, of course, and do it, doing this. And this is the idea that I kind of a- alluded to earlier. There's no one-size-fits-all version of stepping outside your comfort zone. You can tweak, you can sort of personalize or customize, um, you know, just, just probably like a lot of people customize their coffee this morning. You know, you can sort of like put your own little personal spin on something to make it just a little bit more comfortable for you to fit just a little bit better. Um, again, you know, again, this is sort of in the service of stacking the deck for yourself. So sometimes that had to do with, um, changing your body language, changing your actual language. It sometimes had to do with timing, you know, kind of like playing with the timing of a certain event, coming early, staying longer playing going late sometimes it had to do with um with uh, uh a prop like a literal prop something to bring to a situation i had a i got a great email from someone fairly recently who had read read my book reach and said you know that that idea of customization and a prop that that totally worked for me uh her situation was that she was very uncomfortable making small talk with people she didn't know and especially at parties and uh she said you know she had this epiphany she happened to like photography and she she ended up uh, trying to bring a selfie stick to parties mm. and and uh and it was like it was really it like totally changed her experience because um you know she she had this thing with her and people would say what is that and she'd say oh it's a selfie stick they say oh yeah because a lot of people know what a selfie stick is but maybe haven't seen it or don't know how to use it and and she and, and they're like how does that work and she'd show them and she'd say oh yeah do, you know do you want to take a picture and you can tell by the way already that's quite different from what it probably used to be for her, you know? And so that's an example of a prop, but you know, there, there's so many ways people were customizing their, their, their experiences. And that is just become a very powerful tool, I think, for, for people to, to learn to step outside their comfort zone. Cause oftentimes people feel powerless in these situations, but you know, you have some power. And, and so that's, that's, that's what customization is. And, um, the final one was clarity. And, and I found that people were you know, we often uh, do what psychologists call kind of catastrophizing in situations outside our comfort zones. Let's say it's, I don't know, public speaking and, you know, you, 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 you start to fixate uh, if it's outside your comfort zone on the, on the worst possible scenario, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make a total fool of myself. I'm going to faint on stage. It's going to be awful, whatever it might be. And, and you all also probably assign a very high probability to that outcome in your mind. But, you know, the reality is, is that there's a, there's a real middle ground, a big middle ground between, you know, that catastrophic situation. And, oh, and the other thing is that people oftentimes might even vacillate to the extreme idealistic positive extreme of, you know, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm only speaking if I'm an, I'm the best Ted talker ever or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, but the, 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 I found the people who are most successful were able to kind of claim that sort of fuzzy gray middle ground, uh, that, you know, I'm not going to be the best Ted talker when I go off in public speak for the first time or, or among the, you know, the first time in my life, one of the first times. And, and, and I'm also probably not going to faint, you know, and, and I probably won't make a total fool of myself. I'm probably not going to be great, but I'll, you know, have some high moments, some low moments, and, you know, but I'll, I'll bet I'll be better next time. And, you know, having some inkling of the sense of clarity, I think was really helpful for, for those who succeeded. So, so clarity, um, conviction and customization, those are, those are some of the tools that I, I help people with in my, in my, in my program. Um, but, but I think those were, those, those were what I found were, were part of the, that bridge, uh, between the knowing and the doing. 
Yeah, that's great. And I, I think um, those three tools, the, the customization was the one that uh, sort of rang truest for me. I think it's that idea of once you know um, that you, you really want to do something that, you know, trying to figure out what feels um, comfortable. And I think that kind of helps with what you were saying earlier about, you know, kind of the stretch zone versus the panic zone. You know, the more you can sort of customize it, um, the, the closer you can keep yeah. it in that stretch zone versus going to pure panic. Yeah, um, exactly. So, you know, we've been focusing on kind of the benefits or potential benefits of acting outside our comfort zones. But, you know, let's maybe talk for a minute about the downsides or, or why and when we might not want to act, act outside of our comfort zone. Um, you know, and I'm wondering, for example, if, if a kind of blind allegiance to acting outside our comfort zone might result in focusing too much on our weaknesses versus building up our strengths. So I'd love your thoughts on, on how building strengths does or, or doesn't jibe with, with acting outside our, our comfort zones. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and I definitely would, would not want people to leave our discussion here saying, oh my gosh, I have to step outside my comfort zone in every situation. You know, I, I think that's a really bad idea unless you're like a complete adrenaline junkie or something or, you know, it's, you, you don't, I think you really want to pick your spots, um, in terms of situations, in terms of timing, you know, at some certain points in time, it's, it's, it's probably not that great an idea. And there's a lot to be said for your comfort zone and to leverage the strengths that you have. And so I, I think it's sort of like the way I like to think about it is you can probably tell, I think I always often think in terms of these images and metaphors, and I, I like to think about it in terms of like a portfolio, you know, like we, we might have a 401k or something, a portfolio of stocks and bonds and some, you know, in, 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 in this diversification, uh, ideally in that kind of portfolio. Portfolio. And I think the same is true in our, in our lives with situations. You know, there are some situations that are fully ensconced in our comfort zone, and you don't want to get rid of those. Those are your steady performers, right? Mm. <laughs> but, but I think you probably want to mix in for, you know, high yield, high growth. You want to mix in some situations that matter to you uh, that you think will be important for your growth and development uh, and so on. And, and those are the ones that, that are, quote, unquote, riskier. But if you can apply the right tools and strategies, you can you can move them maybe from your panic to your stretch and then ultimately into your comfort zone. And so that's how I see it. And that's exactly why in my program, I have people focus on a specific situation. Like they choose kind of like what, uh, you know, one single key situation for me, that's what I'm going to focus on. And then of course, in the process of that, you're going to learn kind of the processes of how to do it. And then you can apply it to other situations. Well, great. So uh, next to last question, because uh, we're coming to the end of our time together. And this is a question we've asked of everyone who's coming on the, the podcast of late. And so we'd love to get um, your thoughts, your experience around one of the most powerful learning situations that you've been involved with, you know, as an adult learner since finishing your, your formal education. And that can mean you as a learner, it could mean you as, as the uh, facilitator of learning. So one of the most powerful situations that I've had that if it's been a learning oriented situation. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It's a very good question because it's it's a good question because I I as a professor I am constantly in 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 these kinds of situations, uh, teaching and training and so on. Um, hmm. I I guess I would say. Um, the, that the most um, sort of 
impactful learning situation for me has been a, a course that I, that I've created and have then run for for many years now on on helping people step outside their comfort zone. Exactly what we're talking about, and in my my students choose situations, um, and I get to kind of live it with them and live it through them vicariously the exactly what we are talking about today these are usually mba students um or master's level students and it's just a it's like a absolute pleasure to teach i'm doing it right now actually as we're i mean this this is the time of year that it happens and you know i look forward to going to that class every time i love hearing it's a very personal uh teaching experience you know as opposed to um, standing in front of a large lecture class, which I also like, but it's just a very different thing. This is really immersive and personal and, and it's, it's quite rewarding. Um, and so I think that's, that would probably be my example. And so when you have them, uh, you have them focus on kind of one key situation where they want to move outside of their comfort zone. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah. And they apply exactly yeah. what we're talking about. They then have to go off and do it. Uh, in fact, this is exactly the kinds of things that I have in my, my own uh, online training that I've created. But you have, to, you have to go off and do it. And these aren't in sort of mock or pretend versions of situations. These are actual situations. So if, you're, if you choose as your situation, for instance, you know, promoting yourself or pitching yourself at a networking event or going up to people you don't know at a networking event, introducing yourself and you know, sort of kicking off a small talk conversation of whatever it might be. Let's say that's something you're kind of terrified to do. You have to choose real ones. Like you have to find actual networking events. It's not like a pretend. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. And and you have to go off and do it at least three times. And in not not sort of three times right in a row, but three times spread out so that you can kind of reflect on the experience. And I have a system to help people reflect on the experience, learn some of the tools that we just talked about, apply them, try them out. It's sort of like a recipe, you know, in some ways. It's sort of like uh, you know, cooking and you're trying out the recipe, you're tasting it, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. And then mm-hmm. you're trying it again and you're trying to come up with your version of it and it's just a really cool experience um and and every time you offer it do you choose your own uh situation to to expand beyond your comfort zone or do you get to (laughs) sit sit back and watch them (laughs) you know it's it's funny i i'm always choosing you know things outside my comfort zone i don't think i uh sync it up with the class necessarily Mm. but you know becoming like moving from from purely writing for academic audiences to starting to write for a more public general audience, which then entails doing all sorts of social media and speaking in public and doing workshops and companies and so on and so forth. That is, I actually have grown to really like doing all that stuff, but initially at least it was very much outside my comfort zone. So I think this whole process of becoming more of a public, I don't know, I'm not really a public figure in the grand sense, but, you know, stepping outside and really trying to make an impact on a larger scale, that's been outside my comfort zone. But it's something that, that I really have wanted to do because I want to impact as many people as I can. So, you know, th- that's, that's my, that's my journey and that's my sort of simultaneous process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Well, so final question, if listeners want to know more about you and your work, where should they go? Yeah, sure. So I have a, I have a website, uh, www.andymolinsky.com. It's spelled A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And I kind of created that website to be the kind of place that I would want to visit, I guess. So I've got all sorts of, um, you know, free resources there. I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I write for Harvard business review and inc.com and psychology today. And I've got lots of articles there. I've got quizzes, I've got videos and, um, 
all sorts of stuff. Uh, so plus I have links to all my social, uh, accounts and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and so on. So I, you know, and, and my emails up there too. So I, I love hearing from people. Well, great. Thanks so much for your time today, Andy. I really enjoyed the conversation. Me too. Thanks for having me. That concludes our interview with Dr. Andy Malinsky. To get show notes for this episode, including the link to if you're not outside your comfort zone, you won't learn anything, just go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 108. While you're there, you're going to see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We would also be grateful, as always, if you would take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. That'll put you in the right place. We always appreciate it. It helps us know you're getting value out of the podcast, and it helps others know what the podcast is about and find it when they're searching. And maybe giving us that review is going to take you outside of your comfort zone, but maybe this is that one small step you can take to expanding your comfort zone. That's right. We also hope that you'll consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick another social network of your preference and spread the good word that way. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Podcast.